Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Portico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. What's the best way to protect the nation's power grid from attacks? It's a timely question that industry officials and government regulators are debating, and the stakes are really important. Grid attacks have surged to a decade-high peak, and Democrats and climate change advocates are pressing to expand the use of electricity by shifting the nation's energy consumption to renewables and away from fossil fuels. NERC, the North American Electric Reliability Corporation, has been tasked by FERC to come up with a strategy, and there are several factors to consider cost, feasibility, decarbonization goals, blackouts, and others. So today, Politico's Catherine Morehouse on the debate over how to protect the nation's power grid. It's Friday, February 17th. The latest DOE numbers showed that last year there was a significant uptick in kind of the physical or cyber attacks more than any other we've seen in the last decade. And those incidents can include kind of smaller scale incidents like copper theft, but also increasingly includes, frankly, really scary incidents like what happened in North Carolina and Washington state last year where assailants disabled parts of the grid via gunfire and the damage was significant enough that both incidents left thousands of people without power and in cold weather. Right. And regulators at the North American Electric Reliability Corporation are weighing different strategies to combat these increasing grid attacks. So what are they considering? So FERC directed NERC, which is, yeah, like you said, the North American Electric Reliability Corporation, to take another look at the standards that it developed after another attack uh, back in 2013. And NERC's president and CEO during a FERC meeting gave some really interesting insight into what the coordinator is thinking about with these standards. And one thing that he mentioned is, you know, should we be thinking more about how a coordinated attack could hurt the grid versus how an individual piece of equipment, if attacked, could hurt the grid? So right now, the standards basically focus on if this individual piece of equipment were attacked, what would the impact be? And if the impact would be high, then we need to set certain protections here. But in North Carolina and in a recent plot that was unveiled by the FBI in Baltimore, the strategy was to target multiple pieces of equipment at once to cause more damage. So the question is, again, you know, should we be thinking about how infrastructure can be coordinated to cause wider outages? Another question is whether NERC should take a more people-centric approach, and that is thinking about whether if this piece of the grid goes down, how many people will be left without power versus, again, basically how many megawatts will be lost. And those kind of are different ways of thinking about it, you know, based on where infrastructure is. And then so we've heard a lot about how building more transmission would help with clean energy goals. And it could also be a tool to help the grid be more resilient. So how would that work? How does it happen? This was a really interesting point raised by a DOE official who pointed out that one of the strongest things that the grid has going for it in staying protected against widespread outages is its redundancies. So the idea is that if a piece of equipment fails, but if the power being generated can reflow to a different piece of equipment, basically there there's just always that backup in place. So the idea is if you make the overall power system more decentralized, as in kind of lots of little pieces versus a few big pieces of equipment, then you have more of those redundancies and more places for the power to flow if part of the grid is damaged. And so the example that the DOE official used is that, you know, for instance, a really critical substation that's under the highest level of federal protection 
The reason that substation is so critical is because of the amount of power it is taking in and distributing to other places. But if you kind of split that power between more pieces of equipment and add microgrids and other backup generation, then each individual piece becomes a little bit less critical. So, I mean, the downside to that is that there are more points of entry for attackers. But I think what regulators are kind of weighing here is, does it make more sense to deem more pieces of equipment really critical and spend a lot more money bulking up security on those individual pieces? Or does it make sense to spread out where the power is flowing and therefore make some equipment less critical? Also, on Thursday, Environmental Protection Agency Administrator Michael Regan vowed that the Biden administration will hold rail carrier Norfolk Southern accountable for the train derailment that spewed toxic chemicals in the air and forced thousands of Ohio and Pennsylvania residents from their homes. The derailment of the train, which happened about two weeks ago, sent several tankers carrying hazardous chemicals tumbling off the tracks in East Palestine, Ohio. Regan said that EPA has been conducting indoor testing and so far cleared 480 homes free of the two toxic chemicals that the train carried. The agency has also been conducting around-the-clock air monitoring from ground sources and via an agency plane. Regan is the first senior administration official to visit the site as it faces pressure from state leaders and federal lawmakers of both parties to require Norfolk Southern to clean up its toxic pollution. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power switch and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Regmaster Cylinder. Nirmal Malaykal is the podcast producer. Raghu Manavalan edited the show this week. Jenny Amitz is the executive producer of audio at Politico. Our editors are Matt Daly and Gloria Gonzalez. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back on Tuesday. Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. Chevron is developing renewable diesel made with biofeedstock that can help reduce the life cycle carbon emissions of heavy-duty transport fuels today. Learn more at chevron.com.